Welcome to my podcast, Traumatic Transformations, where we help you find hope, peace, and purpose after a big life change or a traumatic event. I'm your host, Gunjani Patel, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist, trauma specialist, and a neuroscience nerd. Join me as I dive deep into resiliency, post-traumatic growth, and normalize mental health to reduce the stigma associated with it. In each episode, I plan to deliver science-backed, actionable tips and strategies so you can take back the control over your life and be inspired to be the best version of yourself with each day forward. So tune in every Tuesday for a featured guest and every Thursday for a solo episode with me, where we unpack mind, body, brain, and spirit connections related to each episode with the featured guest. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin today. The purpose of this podcast is to inform you, educate you, and raise your awareness. It is not intended to replace any medical advice or professional help seeking that you may need. So please use this information wisely and any opinion that I cast is not to replace any medical advice. And quickly before we start today, I just wanted to ask you a favor. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe so you never have to miss an episode. Thank you so much. And if you rate and review, it would really help us with the algorithm so people can easily search the show if they would like. So I would really love to hear your feedback and what you have to say uh, so I can bring you the content that's most fit for you. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another brand new episode of Traumatic Transformations. Today, I have with us a very interesting and an amazing guest who is also a fellow podcaster, um, and her name is Wynne Kelly Charles, and she talks and teaches people how to live a life with a disability. She has cerebral palsy, and her mission is to help others and with physical and mental disabilities to find their voices through written or spoken word using today's assistive uh, technologies as needed. As I promised you all, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Today's episode is going to be very inspiring and very amazing um, because as promised, I have told you that I would have people from all walks of life who have been through some very difficult things, whether it's physical health, whether it's mental health, whether it's psychological, emotional health, or spiritual health. And the people who've been through all these adversities, but yet continue to have this tenacity for self-evolution and growth and are thriving and soaring in life. And to us at Traumatic Transformation, soaring and thriving doesn't always entail being happy and at bliss all the time, but having the resilience to go through up and downs of life and knowing that there is always hope no matter what as a part of this healing process and this journey that we're all on. When we go through life, um, one of the biggest things that happens is that it's not about how many times we fall, but it's how fast we get back up each time. And that's my goal for you all to know, learn, and start acting on all the things that my guests here are here to talk about and inspire you and all the things that they have done in order to build this resiliency and with some of them, the post-traumatic growth that they experience as a result of their trauma. So thank you so much, Wynn, for being here today and uh, um, talking to us about you. You are so welcome. And for those of you that don't know me. Yes. 
for those of you that think, okay, what's this stranger now doing on the mental health podcast? My story will lead out like this. I, as Gondra said, I have cerebral palsy, and um, cerebral palsy is my main disability. I have, I'm getting diagnosed, as we record this, with asthma. I'm 99% sure I'll um, have asthma as well, but cerebral palsy is my main disability, mm-hmm. and cerebral palsy is a lack of oxygen injury at birth. And now, I don't know if Gondra's previous guest talks about this, but her previous guest is Paul. Paul also has cerebral palsy. So um, we have, Paul and I have the same disability. Um, his disability affects him less than mine, mm-hmm. but um, my disability and my story has been very, very interesting. I um, lost my mom, my biological mom in 2010. I also lost my dad in 2019. And so, and then I was physically and emotionally abused by a family member, but I want to make one thing clear that um, the three witnesses who witnessed the emotional abuse didn't do anything towards me. Mm-hmm. They were just um, witnesses to the emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people think that the disabled get abused by their caregivers. Mm. Well, that's not true. It could be anyone. It could be anything. It could be Susie Q from down the street. It could be emotional, physical, sexual, um, mental. It could be anything, anyone. So on June 23rd, which happens to be the day after my birthday. Mm-hmm. So the day after my 33rd birthday, my aunt comes in this house mm-hmm. and she surveys the scene. And to anyone that knows me well enough, they know that my aunt supports, well, my family supports me, but they want what they want. Hmm. And so my aunt started surveying the scene. The next thing I know, and I, and Grant, this was one month after my dad died. The And I wanted them to come out and see how I was doing and see if we could make a plan to assist me with my aides and my stepmom and stepsister involved. And then I, um, and then my, my aunt decided to say, come on when it's time to go get dressed, to go out to dinner. And the next thing I know, 
she shuts the door behind me, my bedroom door, which is really shut nowadays, and due to safety measures and just in case I need anyone or anything. And so she shuts the door behind me mm-hmm. and starts asking me how my home life is, goes on and on and on. And her sister is standing there. Now, my dad started to die in April of 2019. Mm -hmm. And when my dad got transferred to the bigger hospital, my stepmom and I and my stepsister went to that bigger hospital to see him and make sure that he was okay. And I remember distinctly telling my my stepmom and my um, stepsister that I need to go see someone for my mental health now. Mm. I need to see someone. This is traumatizing not only to you guys, but to me as well. And I need to go see someone. Um, now, my dad didn't believe in mental health. Mm-hmm. I, I want to make that clear, too, that my dad didn't believe in mental health. So after my mom died, I wasn't allowed to go see someone. Mm. I, because my dad didn't believe in mm. mental health. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was an interesting experience. So then we go, we come home. He, I come home May 18th. Mm. He passes away May 19th. I get so angry, mm. so angry at my stepmom for um, not listening to me and not listening to my needs. Mm. that I take my anger out on her and she gets we get a, a big massive fight mm. and unbeknownst she goes you need to go to counseling now I'm like hello I told I've been you asking for it all along I've been asking for it you and there's a massive fight you and there was a witness to this massive fight too and I'm like hello I've been asking for it. Mm-hmm. You, she's, she got so incredibly angry at me. Um, she goes, you need to go to counseling now and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, one, three of all. Secondly, I knew I needed to go to counseling. I've been asking for it. You just didn't want to listen to me because you, um, you don't believe in counseling. Right. And so... The person that witnessed the fight after she said, remind you, that person was my aide at the time, and she said to me, okay, when? This is what we're going to do. We're going to do the following steps because obviously stepmom has a full-time job and obviously stepmom doesn't have the capabilities to take care of you. This is why I'm here to help you. Mm-hmm. So friend slash aid mm-hmm. said, okay, we're going to get the paperwork for mental health counseling. Mm-hmm. 
That's awesome. Number one, mm-hmm. when I'm not going to let you fill it out in the office, I'm going to pick it up for you mm-hmm. and I'm going to bring it back here. Mm-hmm. That is going to be number two. Then we are going to all go stepmom, myself, stepsister, and you. Mm, that's awesome. We are going to, and how how she came up with this idea, I don't know. And because I was in a, I was in a unique situation where I got so angry at my stepmom. My stepmom and Aide wanted to go and voice the counselor what happened, and I said I don't care as long as I get. I want. And so we all go in there. We I um I go with my aide. My stepmom and stepsister meet me. They go in before I do. Mm-hmm. And then um and then what happens is that my now counselor meets me sees what's going on and then I my aide comes back with me as a witness to all mm-hmm. this and then my counselor the first day and the, it's been a year now the first day she goes well since you have cerebral palsy and needs need help do you feel safe at home and I said yes this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. But ye- yes, I do feel safe at home, but this is just went on. And then she reported it to the adult protective services. Mm-hmm. And in the ne- next two weeks, I got called my aide, my stepmom, myself, and my stepsister all got called into adult protective services. So just, then, I just yeah. wanted to let my audience know what that is, because a lot of people don't know what adult pr- protective services are. Just like there is child protective services, people with disability or elderly people, um, there is a body, a governing body in place called adult protective services that we as counselors are required to report if we yeah. sense any abuse, whether it's yeah. emotional abuse, psychological and, abuse, sexual abuse, we are support, and then they come in and, you know, figure out what's going on, if the living situation is okay and safe and psychologically um, okay for the person to be connected to all the people that they are connected to. Yeah. Um, so pretty much that's what adult services do. Correct. But I want to talk about some of the things that you had mentioned. Um, so I don't lose track of that. Would that be okay to ask you yeah. some questions right now? Um, I know that earlier you had mentioned, um, Judd, you know, your aunt uh, and some of the emotional abuse part. What did that look like for you? And one of the things it seems like, and also I think, um, and and I'm going to talk about disability, but also, you know, people who are in compromised situation. And that could also include elderly in- individuals, because a yeah. lot of times when you have to depend on people for help, one of the things that we as society, unfortunately, cause detriment is because we don't understand and empathize, not understand because we're not in it. So it's hard for us to understand, but at least empathize with people as in put, in, put ourselves in your shoes and try to maybe 
you know, figure out what emotions you're feeling, what you are going through in life. It, we might not go through it, but we can always empathize with you in terms of some of the needs and some of the things that you might be going through. So one of the things that I wanted to also address here is autonomy and how, you know, they thought people normally, and, and I've been hearing you talk about this as in when your aunt came in and wanted you to do what she wanted you to do. Your stepmom came in, she wanted you to do what you wanted to do in different phases of your life. And in the meantime, you were like, I have, I, I am completely capable of thinking. I mean, I might have cerebral palsy, but my brain and my mental capacities and my psycho- psychological capacities are intact. I can make a decision for okay. myself and speak up for myself and my needs. Yes. So what was that like for you? Well, first of all, mm. losing um, losing my dad and my stepmom is still triggered her to this day because of she is not the biggest counselor fan. And so um, she will say for about a month and a half of dealing with my dad's death, she would burst into tears on the phone with business phone calls on behalf of my dad. Mm. And it's like, okay, I would witness that and I'm like oh boy here we go and so um when it came to my aunt and when it came to my family they stuck me in the shower against my will mm. and they accused my aide at the time of not giving me a shower and you would think they would understand that my aide my aides slash housekeeper more my more my aides than housekeepers although they do housekeeping during the day when I don't need them but um they're they're very qualified and you would think a person who would be on the clock at 7 30 a.m for them to be accused of not giving me a shower Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, no, something's wrong with this picture. Number one, mm. you are um, you are not making sense, and number two, you are not making sense enough to help me. You want to kick my stepmom. You want to kick my aide. You want to kick my stepsister out of the house, and you just want to think complaint of me. Now, since then, I have been given the opportunity to reconnect with my family Hmm. um, in the year of 2021 because they wanted to do it. I am getting ready to forgive my abuser. Now, the reason why I'm getting ready to forgive my abuser when the time is right and I'm getting ready to forgive her is because she's still my aunt and we are still blood-related family. Now, I'm not ready to forgive what she did. I will never forgive what she did. Mm -hmm. I will forgive her as a human 
for messing up. Mm. What does forgiveness mean to you? It's something I will never forget. What she did Mm -hmm. is something I will never forget. Mm -hmm. So there's a big difference between humans forgiving other humans, Mm -hmm. but not forgetting what they did. I am forgiving her as a human. I am not forgiving her as an alcoholic mm-hmm. and a drug abuser. Mm-hmm. And she's an alcoholic and a drug abuser. And yeah. Okay. Well, but very well put. Um, and uh, the reason I ask most of my guests when they're on the part you know, process of healing journey, one of the biggest things that I find as a part of healing and as a big part of becoming a better human, forgiveness it seems to be like the cornerstone of, you know, the recovery and the healing and the being a better human process, I think. And a lot of us have a hard time with forgiveness. So I, I really tend to ask my question, I ask the question of what does forgiving mean to each person? Because again, I think it's a very misconstrued concept. And I really like to clarify that because it means different things to different people. It means different things in to different people in the healing process process and what their healing process looks like. And nine or 10 times I will hear a lot of people say, for, because the misconception is that forgiveness means that you just forget and you go back to being BFFs with the person. But actually, it's quite the opposite where you forgive the person, like you said, for being making human errors, but you a you don't forget what happened and what they do. And B, or what they did with you. But and also another thing is that it doesn't mean it, it it's more for you than for them. And the third thing is it it it, it there's an it entails the process of boundaries. That just because there are certain things that happen with you with certain people doesn't mean that you go out back to being, you know, best best friends and calling each other every day. It just means that, you know, you don't hold a grudge, you don't hold all these very heavy, intense emotions that you feel towards them because it only affects you they go about their lives living just yeah, okay yeah. and fine. And then the person holding on to that is the one that suffers. So, you know, um, boundaries along with forgiveness is a very healthy thing for connections for yourself, for your connection and your self love and your self worthiness. Yeah, no. And I'm ready to um, forgive. I'm ready to forgive my abuser and I'm, other people are not ready to forgive her, but um, because she did what she did to me, and um, I'm ready to forgive my abuser. Not to say that we won't be, we won't have the close um, godmother, goddaughter relationship that we had, or mm-hmm. she abused me. Yeah, but I am. Um, ready to forgive in my heart and my soul and um my family had to forgive me first for them to get back in my good graces Mm -hmm. and then after they um came out and did what they did i cut them off i -hmm. cut them off i was so angry absolutely for what they did what for what they did, and my stepmom cut them off, 
and I believe my aide who was working with me at the time, my aide who was working with me at the time said, I don't want anything to do with these people, mm-hmm. let alone my stepmom. My stepmom said the exact same thing. And it's, um, and so, and I still talk to mm-hmm. one of my witnesses. Um, actually, I talk to all three of my witnesses. Two of my witnesses are here with me this week. Mm-hmm. One of them lives with me. So I still talk to all of my witnesses, and they know that it's traumatizing for me to um, bring that up. Mm. But so they don't necessarily bring it up with me. But and they know that uh, um, safe space like a counselor and I'm, I'm not the one to say I need counseling, I need counseling. If I don't get counseling, I'll go Google. But I believe that counseling is some something that all human society should look at, not just crazy ones. Ah, oh, thank not you so just, much for mentioning that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. You're welcome, Gondra. And not just crazy ones, because if we as a human society get any more lockdown, get any more isolated. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm moving to Orlando, Florida, or Tampa, mm-hmm. because I and my family knows this all damn moving. I'm moving to the East Coast to get myself out of a bubble, to get myself out of lockdown. Mm. I mean, and yes, I will still continue with my counseling, Mm -hmm. but I need us as a human society, we need the help of counselors, even if we're completely sane. Mm, absolutely. Uh, it's often misconstrued that, you know, you go to a shrink, so you must be crazy. And we go to a counselor for support. Yes, we have friends and family, but sometimes there is a bias that they have. So sometimes they're not able to help us in ways that we normally would get the help from a professional. And of course, we can have our friends and family for support. There's nothing wrong with that. But some situations calls for, you know, a specialized um, person with formal training. Um, And again, to counsel, it doesn't always have to be a counselor for everybody, but it can be a healer of your choice. You know, if you are suffering, A, you don't have to suffer alone. B, there are lots of people, you know, and professionals, coaches, psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists, um, energy healers, acupuncturists, naturopathic doctors. There are all these people that are there to provide the help because again, Whenever we're going through something, it's always, I am a very firm believer of mind, body, soul, um, or spirit and brain connection. We really synergistically, all of those functions of our of our being are affected when we go through something or difficult events in our life. Some situations we're resilient and we get through it, but a lot of times um, we might not get through it. So it's really important that, you know, when we find ourselves in a place where we can't get through something and 
they're very difficult as in we carry emotional charge when we think about some of those things then they're not processed they're not healed and they need the support and they need help to get get through those situations in our life and sometimes we just find ourselves so stuck where we don't know what to do how to get the help so and uh, you know how to not feel overwhelmed so find the right fit it's really important that you find the right fit for you when you seek therapy or seek help because the if you find the wrong fit they can cause more damage than yeah. you know you go in with and if you do find the right help then it's not necessarily we tell people what to do but based on the goals that you set or based on what you want out of your life we help you just navigate that you know um i think that's the entire process that we get you the support that you need we help you feel validated we help you feel uh the support and the safety that a lot of situations, especially in abusive situations where you feel that your sense of self and your safety are threatened, uh, your sense of belonging is threatened, um, that can be difficult, you know? So there are all these different um, nuances associated with seeking help. And it, it truly is about you and what you want and what works for you and not about anybody else. So don't let anybody tell you who you should go to and what you should do and, um, you know, minimize some of the things that you might be going through, what you're going through is absolutely valid in your sense of being. So that's absolutely okay that you're going through whatever it is that you're going through in your life. If even if that person, even if that situation not might not be big enough, or, you know, might not might seem trivial to other people. It's your situation. It's something you are going through. And you're absolutely allowed to go through some of the things that you go through in life. Yeah. And you're absolutely able to express them and you're absolutely able to say to your friends and family members look i need help yes and i i said look i need help on the way down to um on the way down to a hospital where i was a guest i wasn't in the hospital i was a guest but um my dad was so um, worried about me that he, because of it, because of anesthesia, and I've learned, I wondered why, why I don't do well, well with anesthesia. I, now I know why I don't do well with anesthesia. It's in my blood, it's in my soul. Um, he was so worried about me, number one, he um, asked his nurse, um, asked his nurse, where's when? And he thought I was in a car accident. Oh, my and goodness. So that's, uh, yeah, that was traumatizing. And my stepsister, little I had to hold on to me as he was giving me a big, huge hug because mm-hmm. he thought, um, due to lung cancer and due to the issues of his brain due to his lung cancer. Um, yeah, he thought I was in Glaxon. But um, but as I said at the top of this recording, I, I said to my stepmom on the way down to see him, I said, I need to see, see a counselor now. Mm-hmm. And my stepmom didn't do anything for me until I got a big, big giant fight with her. Mm-hmm. And then she was sitting in class. Uh, I'm actually 
recording at this table where she was sitting across them. And then she goes, you need to go see a counselor now and all this. I'm like, I told you. I so, told you. So let me ask you this. Before, since you mentioned that, what are some of the things that you would think, and we're almost summering up for the end, but what are some of the things that you would say, like two, th- three things that you learned from counseling, from that experience of going through emotional abuse, going through losing your autonomy, lo- going through, you know, losing your parents and grieving? What, what, what did you learn? What would you say that you learned I, in your life? Um, I learned through counseling how to be empowered, mm-hmm. how to speak up for myself. Because after I um, went through that grieving process, I just turned numb. Mm-hmm. And so how to necessarily talk to my stepmom and my stepsister in a way that they uh, appreciate Hmm. And so what a counselor will do is you come in anyway, you talk to them, hmm. and then you come out after one hour or two hours, a totally different person. Hmm. That's awesome. And uh, so I've learned about self-empowerment, and I've learned that a lot of people will support but some people will not listen. Mm. What is what does that mean? That you said it's something really important and amazing, um, <laughs> and we are ingrained to you know we, we, we when we teach communication to people, it's like one of the biggest skills that someone could have is listening. There's a difference between listening and hearing, and I'm very big on the concept of listen. So since you mentioned that, I'm just gonna um, you know. Um, uh, ask you about what that means for you. What does li- um, listen mean for you? Listening means, and I'm going to um, show this on camera, take the screens away. Take the screens away and listen to the people. I don't care whether it's six feet, social distancing, but put the screens down and actually have a meaningful conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. Because a lot of times, you know, we are so quick to jump on and talk about our thoughts when we are talking to someone. And one of the biggest things that we can do for people is just the mere act of listening, which means that you are truly present and caring of what the other person is going through without wanting to jump in and talk about you or without having to, you know, um, get your point across. The way we teach listening in our in our world is that, you know, um, it, just validating what you heard. Because a lot of times we hear differently than what the person was saying based on our interpretation and our perception of things. And a lot of times that ends up leaving people feel not heard or listened to. So it's really important that, you know, when we were, when we are communicating with our loved ones, one of the biggest things we do is we paraphrase back to that person what we heard 
so that they know that they truly were listened to because you know just listening is a skill and it's an art that you it's a skill that you have to develop with time um but a lot of times we don't get taught that in school so i am if, yeah. if you don't take away anything from this episode definitely walk away with knowing that you know what sometimes people just want to be heard they don't want their problems solved they don't want to, their things resolved they just want to be heard and feel felt validated with so yeah. it's really important that we listen first before we speak. There's a reason why we have our ears before we have our mouth. So skill listening yeah. is a skill that we definitely all, if we all could just um, develop, then we would be so much better as a society. Um, so tell us a little bit about how, where people can find you, Vin. I know you run a very successful podcast. So tell us a little bit about your podcast, what it's about and where people can find you. Oh, yes. My podcast, well, I do swim um but one of them is a little bit on a hiatus right now just because of life sure. getting in the way. Sure. And it, um, as soon as I get down to the East Coast, um, I will pick that podcast up. And one of them is called The Amazing Voices of Teachers, which is uh, on a little bit of a hiatus right now. I still mm-hmm. have the feed, so it's still active. And the other one is called The Artwork of CP, all about cerebral palsy. I I recruited my girlfriend to do mm-hmm. that one with me. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about CP and all things CP related. But the one I'm most known for, which I've done over 1,500 episodes wow. on, is Ask When. And I consider it the kitchen table conversation and I dive deep. I talk about no taboo subjects. I talk about anything and everything. I talk about money. I talk about counseling. I talk about cerebral palsy. I talk about spinal bifida. I talk about every which way. And I tend to raise awareness for cerebral palsy. And so, yeah. Thank you so much. I love that. I will mention all of that on in my show notes below where people can find you. And I really, really, truly appreciate you stopping by today and talking to my audience about some of the struggles that you've been through, but the amazing work that you continue to do and the impact and, and um, that you continue to make on people and by inspiring them, by doing all the work that you needed to so that you can be there for others and now paying it forward. So thank you so much for being here. No, thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, Thank you so much, you guys, for tuning in again and continuing to support and love me and, you know, love the work that I am doing. So I really couldn't appreciate your support more. Thank you so much for tuning in every week. And I really would appreciate it if you could share this with others that might benefit from listening to our show and learning and are looking for, you know, hope, peace and purpose in their lives. Because, again, um, I like you've heard me say this before that, you know, sometimes Sometimes happiness is not a choice for a lot of people. They truly want to be happy, but some of the things that they go through in life and where they're at in life keeps them from that goal. But suffering is definitely a choice. And we each, you you don't have to suffer alone. You can definitely get the help that you need to get from help uh, from others and, you know, do the self-work that you need to do. And I, through this podcast, I hope that I'm really providing you 
with some of those tools and you know strategies that you can use um, to self-heal and get to becoming the better version of yourself by being educated, by continuing to work on yourself, continuing to improve and continue to figure out what else can you do to be the best version of yourself. So thank you so much for tuning in today. We really appreciate you and subscribe if you so you never miss an episode. And please be sure to rate and review us so that we can continue the longevity of this show and for others to find us um, through your ratings and we love your feedback. So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, until next time, you have a wonderful and blessed day. Thank you.